this world for me I don't need it anymore I am finally free My heart is spoken for Oh, and I praise you Oh, and I worship you You can make it up for missing this one. Okay. Thank you.
morning. morning. Try it again. Good morning. morning. Welcome to Impact Christian Church. We're so glad you're here today. If you're joining us online or you're here in a seat, we are so glad you're here. And uh, you are in the right place because Jesus is here and he wants to meet you and he wants to spend some time with you, uh, just you today. That's the good news that we come to share. And that not only is he alive, is that he wants to spend time with you and he wants to change you. He loves you like you are, but he wants you to be a little bit more like him today than you were yesterday. Let's pray, and then we're going to stand up, greet, greet each other, and then we're going to worship the Lord. Okay? Okay. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this time. What a blessing it is to gather together the family, to be reunited after a week of uh, stepping in it all week, a week of, of getting hit with things of hard things, of, of things coming at us and, and problems and, and aches and pains and, and money finances and trouble with our kids and trouble with our house. And God, we, we just throw all that aside right now and we just lay it at your feet and we say, Jesus, you just come and you do what only you do in times like these. We are going to lift you up. We're going to praise you. And uh, God, we just are expecting on what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Walk around, stand up for a second. Get three people today. Three people, fist bump, hug. I don't know you. Who are you? I'm me. Let's do this thing. Unfailing love that you would take. 
this morning. Sounds nice. Well, thank you. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of a nation. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose God is 
this last song we're going to sing is um, How Great Is Our God, and I just love this song. And um, I've just been thinking a lot recently about the word kind. Um, I work with kids um, doing before and after school, and something I'm always saying to them is, be kind, be kind, be kind, use kind words. And then I kind of got thinking about adults. Like, we teach kids to be kind, but when we become adults, we sometimes lose that because we get very easily, I mean, myself included, get very easily influenced by others and other people's choices. And I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot lately about the word kind. And so I know Jesus would be kind, so that makes me want to be kind. So if you come across a person, a situation um, that you may not necessarily agree with, always think, okay, would Jesus be kind in this situation? And I think he would. And the song, How Great Is Our God, I think great and kind kind of go together. And so God is great, so we should show that greatness to others.
Jesus, um, thank you so much for being great and being wonderful and amazing. And it's your name we pray. Amen. I really don't want to say anything because that was such a great worship. I'd just like to just stand up here and just listen for a minute. Why don't we do that? We'll just be quiet for a second and just see what God's saying to you after you've told him who he is and what place he has in your life this morning. Let's just have a moment of, of you just talking to God, just listening maybe. You don't have to talk. You listen. How about that? It's on you. hard to be quiet, isn't it? Hard to be quiet and just your mind races about a million different things. I think God loves quiet because in the quiet, that's where he, he talks to us. He says, be still, be still. And I know you. Be still and I see you. Be still and I come and I want to have a relationship with you. Today we are during this portion of our service every week we gather we have the communion and we have offering two very important parts of what we do this morning the here at our church we we do observe it every week and uh, we ask you to go to one of these tables if you haven't already you can do it during the in just a minute when I when I step aside and you can take your communion and, and take your time with you and Jesus. Maybe it's been a minute since you've been around the communion table. Maybe this is the first time you've been around the communion table for a minute. And you're wondering what would Jesus say to you? And he would say to you, welcome back. Welcome back. Where two or three people are gathered together, that's where he shows up. And he's here today and he wants to meet you at your point of, of need, at your point of uh, breaking, <laughs> whatever's going on in you, he wants to meet you here today. I want to talk about communion a little bit uh, and, and offering. Uh, both of them are very important. Uh, if you would like to give your offering, you can give it here physically or you can go online and go to our website. We have a really nice uh, giving. You can do a recurring give or you can also just uh, do that so you don't have to bring it with you if you're one of those folks that like to do that, but you can do that. Um, but communion is something that uh, I want to say this. It's like, here we go again. <laughs> We're doing communion. And at a time like this, it feels like deja vu, like, you know, when you get up in the morning and you realize you got to go to work. And what do you got to do? You got to shampoo, you got to rinse, you got to get your teeth. And, you know, why, why can't it just be a once and done kind of thing? Why do we have to do it every time we get together? What, what's, what's the Bible say about that? Well, Christ did what he did, he did it once. And he did it for us. That's true. But it's also uh, an important time to understand this. It requires us to become as little kids. 
communion is a, is a time that says to you, admit that <laughs> you're not in control. Admit that everything that's going on in this world, you have no control over. And admit that you've made a mess of it again this last week because every one of us here has. We've tried to be good. We've tried to be godly. And no matter of our best efforts, we still uh, sin. Repeating something again and again and again plants memory deep and it multiplies the joy. And the same can be said for us growing ups as, as it is with kids. If you go, you take a kid like this weekend, I was happened to be down at my grandkids and it was like a weekend for grandkids because they had ball games and they had a school program. And so we were down in Vincennes Friday and Saturday. And we went to the park and I've been to the park probably 500 times with my grandkids and they, they play hard and they love to play hard and they will swing until grandpa has no more shoulders left. And I got, you know, the older I get, the, the more my shoulders are like, ah, oh, come on, it's time to go. Let's do something else. You know, you redirect them. And we were on this one swing and no matter, it was, it was a barrel swing, great big barrel swing. And I had both the boys on it and I had them almost going upside down. I was going back and forth. There's two, there's a, a, a string on this side and a string on this side. So they're laying down flat and I'm, they're going back and forth like this, and, and they're just like, more, 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 more. And I'm like, and less, less, less. I, I got nothing else. And it really connected with me about they don't get tired of going to the park. They don't get tired of, of going and, and swinging and feeling that because they know that there's great joy when they go there. And that's the way we should be. We should never get tired of this, this ceremony that we do right now. We should never make it stale. It should be something when we're going more, more, more. I want more. I want more of you, Jesus. Not less, less, less. Not I wish he'd shut up. I wish he wouldn't be so long-winded. I wish he'd just sit down and we'd go on and get on with the service. But more of you, Jesus. More of you. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel offered their sacrifices again and again and again. They offered their burnt offerings. They offered their grain offerings. They offered the peace offerings, the sin offerings, the trespass offerings. And all these offerings, all these offerings, they worshiped the Most High God. And that atoned for their sins. And it acted out their obedience. And they were being obedient to who God was. And the Israelis would cry out, our sins are forgiven. And that's what you're here doing today again. <laughs> we cry out. We cry out. Lord, remember us. Remember us in our neediness. Remember us in our sorrows. Remember us in our joys. Let us recall everything you did for us this past year. Let us call, recall not what the bad things, but let us recall the good things that you've done for us in this life and praise you and thank you and then say, <laughs> bring it on, I want more. Let's pray. Jesus in gladness, we bow our hearts and we receive this symbol of holiness and redemption. We are thankful for this act that you showed us, this last supper. So God, today, I pray for some reinvigoration in this room, in people's lives. I pray that 
that you, through your Holy Spirit, would do what only you can do during this time of communion. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. See you guys. All right. So welcome to Impact Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeff, and we're so glad you're here today. If you're here visiting with us, uh, we have these blue cards all over the place. Fill it out, and we will be glad to uh, text you $1,000. No, I'm just kidding. We will just text you and say thanks for being here today, and we noted that you were here. If you're here today and you have a prayer request, Fill one of these out, stick it in the little uh, box in the back. If you're here today and you're not on our text blast that we send out every week and our, uh, you'd like to be, put that in there and say, I'd like to be on the text. That's all you got to do, okay? Enough said with that. Let's send our kids to group or their groups. You do have youth group tonight, so come back for that. There goes half the church. I love it. Love, love, love it. A couple housekeeping things before we get into our lesson. I hate to do this, but there's stuff I need to share with you real quickly. One is uh, the progress of, um, of Kurt. Kurt uh, had that very invasive surgery done on his neck and his throat, and uh, they, they are sending it away for biopsy. While he was there, they thought he was going to come home. Uh, apparently, 
uh, he developed pancreatitis and had some complications, so he had to stay. I think Mandy's here somewhere. There's Mandy right there. I was going to, anything else new on, on Kurt? Okay, pray for keep praying for Kurt. Uh, keep doing that. Beth's um, test came back on her biopsy. It came back clean, correct? All right, yes. <laughs> hurdle one. Now, the next hurdle is thyroid. So we'll, we'll be praying for that. That's hurdle two. Hurdle, uh, third thing, and then, then we'll pray and get, kind of get redirected. Cheryl Steech, uh, you know Cheryl. She has stage four uh, cancer. And just let you read into that what you want to read into that. She's going to go through some hard times uh, the next little bit. And uh, right after service, back in the uh, fourth through eighth grade room, if there's any ladies or guys who would feel led, I would like you to meet me real quickly. We are going to do some um, little housekeeping things for her because we're trying to keep her out of a facility for right now. Uh, she can't clean her house. She can't really do anything. She's going through some radiation, and uh, she's got a very much lack of, uh, of, of any ability to do anything. So we want to be our hands and feet of Jesus with her. So if you can just maybe do once a week and say, I can go in for 30 minutes and tidy up, and we're going to buy her some uh, paper plates and cups and paper cups and stuff like this. There doesn't have to be dishes. Real simple stuff that we're going to try to do for her. Uh, she's uh, got some really good friends, but we're going to try to do what we can do uh, extra to see what Jesus will uh, have us do. Okay, so please do that. I think that's all I'm going to blabber on about, but those are important, cool things. We're so glad you're here. Let's pray. Jesus, open my mouth where it needs to be open. Shut it where it needs to be shut. Just, uh, I just pray that these next few minutes that uh, you would let me be clear. And if I'm speaking your word, I, I think that's going to be the thing. And so I just pray for your Holy Spirit to come alongside that word and to do what your Holy Spirit does. We commit this next few minutes to you, and we praise you, and we thank you for life. We thank you for this life that we have, and we just pray right now that you would touch somebody in this room, someone online this very day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in a series called Real Problems, Real Problems, and uh, real problems uh, are, are something that we all deal with. Uh, we dealt with the very first week of fear and relationships. What do we do about those relationships that, that we have and, and the fear of, of really digging in and committing and the fear of, that we have of, of being honest and the fear that we have in those relationships? And then last week, uh, I, I think not tooting any, not my horn at all, but Jesus really spoke to some of you, I think, about fear and about uh, your, uh, and that's a real problem. Just fear itself, the what ifs of fear. What happens if this goes on? What happens if this happens? And so I believe the Lord has taken us on a journey. And so I said, okay, God, what, Monday morning, I, 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 Sunday afternoon, I'm sitting there praying. I'm sweating bullets. I don't know what I want to talk about because I, I set this thing up, this real problem. So what's, what real problem do you want to handle now? And he kept, he kept impressing upon me. He kept impressing and said, deal with worry. I'm like, 
That's fear. I don't want I don't want I, I just cover that. And if I talk about worry, I've talked about worry here probably three or four times in the last 20 years. And every time I do it, you know what I get from people? <laughs> you glaze over. Because <laughs> I, I start talking about it. You don't glaze over for very many things, but for when I start talking about worry, because most of us say, I worry. I know it. That's what I am. I'm going to worry. I'm a worrier. You, 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 you profess it yourself. Who are you? I'm a worrier. That's what I do. I do a really good job of it. They're kind of proud of it. And so when I stand up here and say, here's what God says, a lot of times everybody just kind of shuts down. And God kept it impressing on me. There's somebody here that needs to listen. There's somebody that needs their ears need to hear. And so I'm going to share it with you today. I'm going to share uh, this message on, on what does it mean uh, to uh, this real problem with, with, uh, with worry. Worry is fear's cousin. Worry is fear's cousin. See, we, we, we start getting this worry and it turns into fear. Worry takes us down a path that God never intended for us to go. We begin to, to press into worry and all of a sudden worry becomes so comforting and it becomes so, it feels so good because it's, it's just familiar and we know about it and we go, oh, it kind of makes me feel good to worry about it because it's something I can do in a situation that I really can't do anything about to start with. So I wrote down some things, some thoughts that I thought over the years, some thoughts that I heard other people talk about worry, and I just want to go over them with you very quickly. And these aren't biblical thoughts. These are just thoughts that, that, that I want to share with you. Real thoughts on worry. Here we go. Worry is unhelpful, always. Worry never accomplishes anything good. Worry never solves anything. Worry is like racing our car engine. We create a lot of smoke and noise, but we don't go anywhere. Worry cannot change the past. Worry cannot change the future. Worry is unreasonable. Worry exaggerates our problems, and it never makes them smaller. It never makes them smaller. Worry makes mountains out of molehills. Worry only makes us grow weaker and wearier. Worry is totally useless. I say all that to say this. Worry robs us of today's peace. And the biggest thing that Jesus came to give was freedom. Was freedom to break your chains so you don't have to worry. He came to break those chains. That was one of his assignments the word worry in the Greek means to be divided. It means to actually be, uh, the two root words are, is divided and mind, a divided mind, a mind that has this eye on God and this eye on the problem, on the issue. And then all of a sudden, what it does is it begins to worry, pulls us apart, and it pulls apart this mind that God has given us, and it pulls it in two directions, in a direction that God never intended for it to go because he intended for our mind to be set on the mind of Christ. He intended for our mind to be on him. 
Have you ever felt yourself being pulled in different directions by worry? Yes. Look at Psalms 84, and we find a rather peculiar passage that I want to use as our opening scripture for today. Psalms 84 says this. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of tears, they dig a well, and they go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. Just leave that up there if you would. The psalmist says, blessed are those who set their hearts on pilgrimage. It's setting your heart to follow hard after God. It's making that decision. I am going to follow God and no one else. I'm going to follow him. I'm going where he's leading. Wherever he goes, it will take me. If it's scary, I'll go. If I don't understand it, I'll be there. If he wants me, I'm going. The Bible goes on and says, Blessed are those who set their hearts on pilgrimage like that. But it's interesting. Then the next phrase says this, As they pass through the valley of tears. Don't miss that. As they pass through the valley of tears. He doesn't say, as they pass through the valley of tears. Because when you set your heart on pilgrimage, to follow after the Lord, it's inevitable that there's going to be a valley of tears. You all have experienced it. You all are experiencing this valley of tears. You're in one stage of it or another. Sometimes there are many valleys of tears. He says, as you pass through the valley of tears, I want you to do something that you look at it and you go, what the heck? Dig a well? Dig a well. Dig a well as you walk through that valley of tears. Why would you dig a well in the valley of tears? Why is that well there? What, what's important about that well? If, you don't, if you're not careful, you'll just breeze right over it. You'll just go right past it, and it's important. You find in scriptures in the Old Testament that oftentimes people of God would dig wells in, in incredible times in their life where there was kind of a memorial to God as a, as a remembrance and say, here's what I'm going through. And right here, I'm going to dig a well. I'm going to dig this well. Here's what I want you to, we're, we're going to go with this today because there's a couple things I want to send you home with. Because if you don't go home with this, You'll come back next week, and you're still going to be worrying. I know that, that none of you are going to stop worrying completely. I'm not expecting that today. But I'm talking to some of you today that God is saying to you, enough is enough is enough. Stop it. So what do you do? What does this, how do you, why do you dig a, a well in the valley of tears, why you're going through this hard, hard thing. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Well, number one, here's what I want you to pay attention. When you're digging the well, God meets you in the middle of your trouble. God meets you in the middle of your trouble. That's oftentimes where church, we, we, we turn to 
our friends, and our friends don't always steer us towards God. We turn to, to uh, other mediums to, to try to, to make ourselves feel better. And God says, I want to meet you in the middle of your sorrow. While you're digging that well, I'm going to be there, and I want you to know and look for me. And I want you to cry out to me. I want you to call out to me because I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there right in that big place of pain. The other reason that you dig a well so that you can offer a drink of water to somebody that might be in the middle of the well with you. Do not miss this. Because when we get to hurting and when we get to worrying and we get to having these problems, you know what we think about? Poor little me. Poor, poor me. Going through this. Why me? And we forget about the mission that God has for us. To offer a cup of living water to somebody else that's doing the same thing as you. That's why so many incredible ministries have been born out of people who have gone through great pain, people who have lost children, have, have, have had horrendous losses, people who have lost so much, have gone through incredible times of upheaval. And they go and they start offering couple and he said, how are you able to do that? Aren't you thinking about yourself? Yes, but you know, if I think about myself, I just become what? Selfish. I become selfish and I go, how can I? What, what can I get out of this? What can you do for me? And I find that happens as we get older. We, we start looking for people who can help us because we can't always do the things we want. So we start to look at people not for who they are, but how they can sow into us. In reality, God has sent us out to say, I need you to sow into others in your pain, in your hurt. You are not a victim. <laughs> you are not a victim anymore. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you are a child of God. You are not that person that was that's totally inept and cannot do anything just because you were hurt so bad. You are a victor. You have the victory. Pay attention. There's a couple things that God wants you to do when you're going through worry. He wants you to dig that well because he wants to meet you there. And he wants you, while you're digging that well, to offer a cup of water to somebody that's coming behind you and is going through the same thing. So if you're going through something, you look around. And I see that happening in our church. I see people that, that are getting cancer, and they get cancer, and they look around, and they, they're, they're a little bit farther along, and they look for somebody, and they, they offer them things. And they offer them, here's what I'm doing as I go through it. doesn't mean you're going to cure it. it doesn't, but it means that I'm going to walk that thing through with you. When people grieve, we don't, just, we don't just go to the funeral and send them flowers and say, see ya, bucko. We walk alongside of them because grieving doesn't stop. We don't miss those people that were in our lives, those kids, those adults that were in our lives. We don't miss them for just a, uh, just a smidge. We miss them for, until the day God calls us home. And we struggle with that. And we need somebody to come alongside of us and say, how are you doing? Instead of, you know, what can you do for me? 
And so many people today are, are there. What can I get out of this? Please don't miss this valley of tears or opportunities that God is wanting you to reach out to others around you. So I ask you this morning, what are you worried about? You don't have to tell me, but I know there's a lot. What are you worried about? Think about the things that you worry about. Think about them. And then look at Jesus, what he has to say about worry. Matthew 6, 25 to 34. You can read this on here or also on Facebook. We have the same passage. So don't, if you want to take a passage home, take this one home. It's pretty good. You all know it. It says this, Jesus speaking. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink about your body. What you will wear. Isn't life more important than food? Yeah. And the body more important than clothes? Yeah. Look at the birds of the air. Yeah, look at them. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Aren't you? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life or her life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, wisest dude in the Bible, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is sown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Mic drop. There it is. There it is. There's the issue. Oh, me of little faith. Do I trust God as I'm going through the valley of tears? There's the second thing. Do you trust God? Am I really going to trust him? Well, sure, I trust you, Lord. Uh, are, are you sure? Are you sure? Have you found out that oftentimes when God asks you a question, when he asks you a question, it's not because he's looking for the information. He just wants to know if you know what he already knows. He just wants to hear you say it. He just wants to, to hear you say, God, I, I do, I do. Here's a good definition of trust. It means to allow God to do something without fearing the outcome. Did you hear what I said? A good definition of trust is this, is to allow God to do something without fearing the outcome. I trust you. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I trust you. You want to say that with me? Say it. Woo. Sound like Ric Flair. Woo. All right. When God says, do you trust me? You've got a decision to make. You've got a choice to make. Are you going to trust him? And are you going to make a conscious decision to, to hide in him 
and let him be your protector. Let him be your fighter. Let him be the one who handles the big, bad, bully problem that you got going on. Seek first his kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And here's the follow-up. And all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus gives us the motivation for choosing faith. He gives us the ability to choose faith. And oftentimes, when we are faced with the ability to choose faith, to choose trust in God, we choose to worry. We choose to worry. Here's a truth bomb. If you seek first anything other than God's will, you will put yourself flat in the path of worry. You will put yourself in the interstate with nothing to protect you, and you're going to see semis and big old, big old uh, equipment rolling by you, and you're going to get smeared. And some of you are. Some of you are getting flattened because God may be using the circumstances as you walk through that valley of tears, those bumps in the road, those trials and those sufferings to get your attention in order to redirect your course because you're going somewhere he doesn't want you to go. Well, that's mean. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> you all would tell your kid, don't go out in the road. Don't go in the street. No, that's mean. What, why do you want to tell your kid he can't go out in the road? I don't know. I, I think I do want to tell him not to go out in the road. But yet we think God's mean for telling us to do things. Here's what I mean. Here, here's what I, let, me, let me throw kind of a curve because this is where my mind goes and my mind is always in weird places. Sometimes God uses worry for his purposes, and it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes worry is, is a good thing. He, God does not want you feeling secure and peaceful in your life if you're at odds with him. Let me say that again. He doesn't want you peaceful. He wants you to, to have trouble sleeping. He wants you to, to, to have all kinds of issues where you're, where you're just going crazy. And you get, because if you're at odds with him, there's a problem. If you're living with your girlfriend and you're not married, there's a problem. If you're having sex with somebody that's not your husband or your wife, you're in odds with God. Oh, that's awful brash of you to say. Truth. If you're here today and you're stealing at work and you're stealing time or you're stealing stuff or you're stealing something or you're doing something they told you not to do and you're sneaking it. And you're texting, you're not supposed to. You're, you're at odds with God. Don't expect peace. Can I be any more clear than that? Somebody answer me. Can I be any more clear than that? If you're at odds with God, don't expect, don't expect peace. Don't expect it. Here's the way I would put it. Worry if you aren't first seeking God's will. Don't worry if you are. If you're seeking God's will, do not worry. But if you are seeking God's will, you aren't, you've got a right to worry because you and God are doing this. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean he doesn't care for you. But if you're doing this with God, you're saying to God, 
I need you to move, and God says, I am, and you're not going where you need to go. He's perfect. I'm not. And so when, when I'm doing this, it's not God doing this back. It's me going like this. Boom, boom. I, I got this bird at my house, this crazy bird. I wake up every morning, and I, I've been trying to get rid of him. He t- runs into my glass plate. In, in my, I got four windows, and it, I'm sitting there in my chair, and I'm praying, and I'm watching TV. Boom, 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 boom. And it just goes on for like minutes and minutes until he knocks himself out or something. And I'm thinking, oh, he's gone. And about 20 minutes later, boom, 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 boom. What the heck? That's how some of you are. You're hitting the glass window (laughs) and expecting something different. Boom. Oh, boom. That hurt. Yeah, boom. That hurt. You laugh, but that's where you're at. You laugh. Not trying to be funny. (sighs) When Jesus said, do not worry, He's addressing those who have come to hear the will of God and want to adjust to God. No wonder our kids are having such a hard time with figuring out if they're a girl or a boy or a he or it or they or them. No wonder. No wonder. Because there's no truth anymore. There's, there's no truth. There's no, we're just all trying to make God adjust to him. He loves me just the way I am, and he's going to leave me that way until the day I die. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Isaiah 26.3 says this. Move it up. You, Lord, I left, put this verse on my Facebook the other day because it, it just it hit me so much this week. This is the verse that made me kind of go this route today because I found this and I'm going to kind of go there. You, Lord, will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. You give perfect peace to the one who trusts in you. I love that. You give perfect peace to the one who trusts in you. Do you want perfect peace? See, God is in the middle of of your valley right now, the valley of tears, waiting to meet you. What do you do in the meantime? What do you do? What do you do while you're waiting? While you're waiting for something to happen? While you're waiting for a miracle? While you're waiting for the cancer to stop, to be in remission? While you're waiting for, for the relationship to be back to what it should? What you're waiting, well, whatever it is. When you're waiting for that, what do you do? Philippians 4, 6 through 9 says this. And this is a very important verse that we all know and gloss right over. But here it is. A lot of scripture today because I can't talk all this stuff. It just has to be him. Do not be anxious about anything, Jeff, but in every situation, Jeff, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Jeff, present your request, Jeff, to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds, Jeff, in Christ Jesus. Finally, Jeff, and everybody else behind me, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace, there it is again, (laughs) the God of peace will be with somebody else. 
and I will be with you. There is so much to unpack in this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Little things, big things, all things, all things. Did you know that no problem is too big for God? But yet, many of us come to God, we come to Jesus, and we say things like this. Jesus, I know you move mountains. I know you parted the sea. I believe that. Got no problem with it. I believe you rose from the dead. I, I, I do. But you've met your match in me. You've met your match in me. My problem is bigger than all those. So I'm going to take it on, and I'm going to caress it, and I'm going to, to just take it and make it mine, my pet little thing that I'll take care of, and I'll, I'll worry about it, and I'll take care of it right here, and I'll take real good care of it, Jesus. Just leave me alone in that area. We say, that's brash. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving Present your request to God. And if you do that, the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Why are our hearts so bad? Because we dwell on things that are bad. Because we see things that are bad. Because we hear things that are bad. Because we do things that are bad. And we expect a different result. We expect to have a perfect peace when yet in our minds we're doing everything that puts us back to at odds with God. We're not thinking about those things up there, that list up there. Therefore, think about those things. Who in here has thought about many of those things this last week? I hope some of you have. But I wonder, I wonder. You start with worrying. And what you do, you're not going to worry anymore, he says. And then you offer your outcome, your the concerns to God with thanksgiving. And finally, the last step is you change the way you think. And how do you change the way you think? Well, you go to a counselor. That's right. You need a counselor, some of it. Some of you don't. You need to change the way the things that you're thinking about and what you're what you're taking your mind and you're putting them on and what you're allowing to come into the peepers and into the holes here. What you're doing is letting the enemy in. He says, here's what you do. You think about what's noble, what's right. Do you even know what's right anymore? What's pure? Whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Heck no, that doesn't sound very exciting. Hmm. And then he says the last thing, the very last thing. Here's why you're digging a well. Here's why you dig a well when you're going through the valley of tears. Here's what you do. Number three, put it into practice. Don't just have it up on a, on a screen somewhere. Don't have it on your Bible app. Put it into practice. Put what into practice? Practice what you know, and the God of peace will be with you. Look back at that whole passage. If you look at verses 6 and 7, if you pray about it, yes, you're going to have the peace of God for a minute. But if you move on to verse 8 and you change the way you think, you're going to default to anxiety and worry and fear, and you're going to be upset a lot. 
Don't think about what's bad, about what's evil, about what's coming up tomorrow, but think about what's praiseworthy. Who's doing that? Think about what's good and lovely and pure and holy. I hope that you have a diet of some of that coming in. The question is, is this, do you want the peace of God or do you want the God of peace? you got to struggle with that. Do you want just a drink of water for a moment that takes your thirst away? Or do you want the whole well? My answer is, I want the well, baby. I want the cistern. I want the pipeline. I want it all. Give it to me all. Because that's where peace comes from. That's what allows me to get up in the morning. That's what allows me to to look at every day and say, God, what do you want to do through me today? Not, God, what are you going to do to me today? Because that's where some of you are at. Jeff, that's mean, is it? It's truth. God, what, what do you want me to do today? Here I am. I'm here to worship. I'm here to thank you. Now use me. And some of you are going, what's next? I've heard it. I've heard it a lot in the last couple of weeks. What's next coming at me? What is there anything else? Maybe. The Bible says in Philippians 4. You gotta think on these things. You gotta think on these things. So I want to come back to this question and we're about done. Okay, here we're, we're two minutes, maybe. Have you bitten off more than you can chew? Is there something that you've bitten off more than you can chew? And you're chewing it. I got a story for you about this, and this is what made me think about it. Yesterday, I was sitting at, the, at a little league um, t-ball game, which are the cutest things in the world. And they down in Vincennes, they take their ball really, really serious. I've been to Franklin stuff, and they take it seriously. But down there, it's like a whole other level. It's, they got like 10 fields, and they got a, a little mini field and a field here and a field there. And then the, they got the professional World Series of baseball field there. Literally, they, they play there. So these people take ball really serious. And I'm sitting there watching my little middle grandchild, Emerson, play. And, he, you know, it's just adorable. There's six or seven on this side, ten on this side. And they, they're trying to hit it off of a stick. And I've got Ellen sitting in my lap, and I got they, Whitney went and got her a hot dog. And I'm sitting there with the hot dog. And I noticed Ellen hasn't eaten much. I've been with her the whole day, and she hasn't eaten. And she just starts eating this hot dog. And I'm holding it for just, you know, because I'm a grandpa and I happen to be there, I'm holding it and feeding it to her. And, and she just keeps chomping on it and keeps chomping on it and keeps chomping on it. And pretty soon I'm watching Emerson, and I'm watching her, and she's feeding. And I look at her mouth, and her mouth is so full. <laughs> like, Grandpa, what the heck are you doing? And then I got to thinking... That's us sometimes. We, we, we get so much that we bite off and we chew and we can't swallow it. And some of you today, are, are you're there in the worry department. You bit off way more and more than you can chew. You haven't digested anything because that's, that, that's the problem is if you can't digest it, it doesn't do you any good. It sits there in your mouth in a big old wad. I can tell you for that because I had to have her spit it out of my hand like, Gross. Only a grandpa would do it, and I did it. You, do, you know, you guys are there. So it's important 
to answer that question this morning. Have you bitten off more than you can chew? Are you chewing things that God doesn't want you to be chewing? I think you are. Right? I think you are. So I want to pray about these things. So if somebody get the lights, I want you to take your hands right now, and we're going to do a little exercise, an exercise I love to do here from time to time. Shake your hands and put them out in front of you like this. Now I want you to put them down on your lap. Just hold on to them for just a minute. Okay? Stick with me. So I want you, whatever you thought about that you bit off, it's your, you can't chew. Whatever it is you're worrying about that you're not supposed to be doing, I want you to pile that off in your hands right now. Put it in your hands. Some of you are going to have real big piles. Some of you are going to have really small. Some of you may not have anything. That's okay. If you don't have anything, then we'll, we'll move on to something else. Pray for somebody else. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take those things. I want, put them on your hands. Is it starting to feel heavy? Come on, put them in your hands. Pile some more. Put some more. Put them there. 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 Okay. Now I want you to close your eyes. And symbolically, in just a moment, when I pray, I want you to take and I want you to turn them over. Turn them over like this. And what you're doing is you're turning them over to God. You're going to turn them over to God. You're not going to, you're not going to hold them anymore. And you're going to, you're going to drop them. And you're going to say, God, these are yours. And this week, what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm not going to pick them back up. Because that's what we do. <laughs> we do. We, we, we say, oh, God, I trust you today. I trust you for a minute. And then we start getting overloaded. <laughs> I trust you. So let me pray with you and for you. And sometime during the, during the time that I pray, I pray that you can just over throw them away. Push them away and say, here, God, they are. they're yours. They're yours. You take them. However you want to do that, it doesn't have to be dramatic. Some of you will be going like this. You know, I don't care. Just, just do it. Just do it. However God shows you to do it, you do it. Let me pray with you. Jesus, we are so glad that we have your word that you showed us, that you gave us. And yes, you care about our salvation, and you care that we're following you, but you also care that we obey you. And honestly today, God, most of us in this room can sit here and say, I've not been obedient when it comes to worry. In fact, I've been downright disobedient. I've taken things that are not my responsibility, and I have carried them. And they are not mine to carry. They are yours. I pray, Father, today, as I sit in this seat, as I stand in this room, that you will take these worries that I have picked up and somehow thought that I could do something about them. And I now today I give them to you. And now in place of that, God, when I dump those things on you, I'm going to think about the things that are right. And I'm going to look at my life and I'm going to say, where is it in my life that I'm not obeying you? Where is it in my life that I need to be adjusting myself to you, not you adjusting to me? Because, God, you don't adjust because you're perfect. You don't need to adjust, but I do. We do. We need to adjust. And so today we come to get adjustment with you, to get in line with you, to come in step with you, 
So, God, we now, we take our, our burdens, we take our worries, we take whatever we've got in our hands, and we give them to you, and we push them down, and we press them away, and we say, in Jesus' name, take those things, and you deal with them, because I am tired of it. I can't do it any longer. They are a real problem. Worry is a real problem, and it hurts my walk with you. It keeps me from being obedient. It keeps me from being faithful. It keeps me from trusting you when you've asked me to trust you. So, God, right now, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do a work in somebody in this room here this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. going to ask the band to come, and while you're here, I don't want you to check out. If you haven't dumped them yet, that's okay. You don't have to do it if you don't want to dump them. But if you want to, if you want to dump them, please do. There's other people that I want to talk to real quickly as the van comes. I want to talk to some people here that, that need a relationship with Jesus. You haven't had one for a minute. You've been hurt by a church. You've been hurt by a person. You've been hurt by somebody. You've not been hurt by God. You may be hurt by his people. But God is calling you to, today to say, start over. God is calling you, come home, come home. And if this isn't your home, find a home. Find a place that you can go and say, that's my family. That's the, my forever. That, that's what we call ourselves here. We call this our forever family. Because we believe that we're going to be in heaven forever together. So those people, I'm talking to you today. If you need to make a commitment like that, you make it in your heart. Talk to us today as you leave. If you're here today and you've never made that, that big step of faith and say, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. <laughs> I think I've made a mess of it and I've tried everything else and I've been a good person, but no matter what I do, it's not enough. Which I would say, you're right. If you're here today and you got something on your heart and it's really heavy, other than just laying it down, we have what we call our altar here. I ask you to maybe come down in front and just you and Jesus handle the handle it right here. Some of you don't need to do that. You can do it right there in your seat, but some of you may need to to say to other people, I'm here. Jesus sees me. God sees me. Not only does he see you, he loves you and he cares for you so much. And I don't want you walking out of here today not knowing that, not knowing the love that he has and how much he cares for you and how much he desires a relationship with you above everybody else in the world. He desires it with you. You may be a wallflower. You may be that person that nobody talks to. You may be that person that God looks at or that people look at and go, ooh, God doesn't look at you like that. He looks at you just like you look at your grandkids or your kids or your spouse. He looks at you and goes, that's, that's my miracle. That's my, that's my gift from God. So let's see what God does during our ministry time today.
loves you so much. He does. I just I pray that you can begin to walk just a little bit closer to him today than you were yesterday. Pray that there's some people here today that when you turn those hands over today, you really believe in faith that those things that you put away that they're going to stay away. And you're going to you're going to dwell on the things that God has called you. He gave you a recipe <laughs> to have a perfect peace. It's ours. It's ours. We're going to close uh, with Abby's uh, thing, but before we do that, hey, Gage, can you come up here for a second? Gage is like, oh, no. I want to tell you about Gage real quick. 
He's my buddy. Come on up. Everybody say hi, Gage. Hi, Gage. Come on up here. Now, you said you had a sermon you wanted to teach today. Is that you want to, you ready to go? I don't know. No, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is Gage Hendricks, and Gage has uh, been a part of his life since he was born, I think. Is that right? I think I have, yeah, since he was born. That's cool. That's cool. And uh, he's grown up. He graduated. He's been uh, killing it over the car wash, and uh, he is uh, now heading to the National Guard, right? What? Yeah. It is the National Guard, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, he leaves tomorrow. So I want you to pray with him and for him. Uh, and he's making a big step. And his mom and dad are, uh, I, get, I bet they got some little worry things going on there, especially John. John's a big warrior. So he'll, uh, he, I call him the wart, you know, the worry wart, you know. Anyway, uh, mom, dad, you want to come up here with him and let's pray? I'll pray for him. Come on up, mom and dad. And Brandon, you can come too. That's his big bro. I got to tell you a story about Gage. Brandon, help me with this story about Gage, what he always used to say about Jeff, Pastor Jeff. What did, he, what did he say? Remember? Okay. He always, when he was younger, he would always say, it's Pastor Jeff's rules and we have to do them. Whatever Pastor Jeff says, we have to do them. And that, that's been really, been a really neat thing when watching him as a little boy, just running around here like Canyon and, and all the other uh, grandkids that they have and the kids that they have. So it's been cool to be in their life and uh, see what God does. So I'm going to pray for you guys and uh, then we'll let you go sit down and quit being embarrassed. Okay. All right. All right. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this family. And uh, we just, uh, we trust you as we uh, send this young man out, out the door. And uh, we trust that you'll bring him back to us, um, that you'll keep his eyes on you, that you will take him where he needs to go. You've equipped him with the things that he needs to be equipped with. God, let him uh, just go in there and with eyes wide open, with his heart set on you, and with a vision for uh, just doing what, what you want him to do. Give, him, give mom and dad peace. Uh, let them know that uh, he's going to be okay. Watch over them and watch over Gage. And all of us, we're going to miss him. Uh, but uh, we know that, that you've got a plan for him, and we trust that. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Be sure and, you can go. Be sure and say something to him on the way out. You know, do something patriotic, salute him, do something. I don't know, do something. I mean it. I mean it. Okay. Um, be sure if you could meet for just a minute back in the green room. Give me about five minutes to say some goodbyes to our visitors, and I'll be back there in the fourth through eighth grade room. If you can help with Cheryl, here's Abby. Let's go. There's youth group tonight. Please don't stack the chairs. If you're in the 55 and older group, May 17th, you're going to Metamora. Um, if you want to volunteer for a couple mission trips this summer, go see Jeff. If you want to help with camp or want to be a camper, go see Whitney. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
each week. Uh, they, these are such uncertain times, the times of where people have so many questions and fear that just seems to uh, go through all of our of our our minds and our our lives. And so we believe that the church is the answer. We believe the Bible is God's. Uh, compass for us as a, as a group and as, a, as people to say, uh, follow us as we follow Jesus. So join us in that, in that quest as we come together each week. God bless you. Have a great day.